0: Yes, that is what I'm talking about. Alright. Good afternoon, everybody. That is so much better than the elevator music we've been using. So uh, now, now we have ourselves a podcast. Uh, good afternoon, uh, good evening, good morning, whatever time it is, wherever and whenever you are. Uh, welcome to another episode of What's Going On In There? I'm Stephen Tomlinson with Level 7 Facility Services, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-hosts and colleagues, Dave Hollister and Angie Russell. This is the podcast where we take a peek behind the curtain of some of atlanta's most intriguing businesses and speak to business leaders from around the metro area to hear all about their stories of how they came to be where they are where it is they're heading next uh, their victories their challenges and their lessons learned along the way today dave and angie we are joined by not one not two but three very impressive people making their mark in their respective industries and uh, before we make proper introductions, uh, and dive right in, given that we have this free-form medium of podcasting where we basically get to talk about whatever we feel like talking about, whenever we feel like talking about it. I like to eat. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys also like to eat. I like to eat. Yeah. I I, I know you like to eat. Uh, Nicknamed Captain Lunchtime over there. (laughs) Uh, And we've all been kind of penned up over the past year or so, uh, eating eating at home and getting tired of it restaurants are running full tilt again everybody's back out and at it uh so i just thought i would throw it out there Uh, i've actually come across a couple of really really good restaurants i've discovered lately and uh, i want to see what you guys have got going on i'm i'm happy to sort of throw out mine first dave what what you got you're looking eager to throw one in there
1: i haven't necessarily tried anything new being that i haven't gone to a restaurant in almost a year but since it's opened up my wife and I are big-time Indian fans, and we like Himalayas and Champli. So we've actually made it there twice in the past month, which is fantastic. Nice. Having two kids, it makes it difficult to get out there that much. but
0: Nice. Yeah, I like that one as well.
2: Zapata's.
0: Zapata's. <laughs> Sounds like shoes, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, it's in downtown Norcross, and I moved there in October, and it has been my new favorite Mexican restaurant. They have delicious margaritas and fantastic food.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, you owe us a housewarming party still, by the way. Yeah. We had, hadn't seen the new house yet. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I. Um, it's been a while maybe a couple months ago but i ate at a place called lazy betty in uh like inman park area and you pay for it but it is the best meal i've had in a very 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 long time and then if you're into getting adventures on beaufort highway it's a vietnamese place called nam phong uh, check it out it is absolutely fantastic i had to take out there two nights ago but uh, yeah so just kind of want to throw that out there everybody likes food Uh, And now moving on to the meat of the show here, we get to to talk to and hear from our guests who uh, are very gracious and brave to come join us today. Uh, We'll start out. um, I'll introduce our first guest and and friend of the show. Uh, And I don't know if we were allowed to use friend of the show as a phrase when you're only on your third episode, but we're going to go with it. We're going to go with (laughs) it you guys (laughs) are friends of the show. We're still friends. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Friends of ours, (laughs) one way or the other. We're friends. Uh, Teresa Carlisle, who is Senior Director of Asset Management at a prominent national property management company, and I'm told we have not on our part done the work to uh, receive proper clearance to mention the company by name on this show or uh, SWAT team agents may repel down from the ceiling and (laughs) machine guns and censorists, but, uh, wisely they are brand protective. And, uh, yeah, I I don't think I would want to tarnish my brand, uh, with some of the, some of the folks that sit at this table, either, uh, myself and, and my, my, my esteemed colleague, Dave. You (laughs) got that right. (laughs) Uh, but no, we, we would love to talk about Teresa's role and hear her story and in, in, uh, in, in her career. And uh, Teresa has over 30 years' experience in property management, having overseen the financial and operational performance of over 6 million square feet in the metro Atlanta area, among many other professional achievements. Teresa, welcome, and thank you for being here.
3: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: thanks for coming. And uh, if you want to start by maybe just sort of giving us a little, walking us through how you... Got to be operating in the world that you're you're in, and, and uh, what is it that attracted you about that career? And uh, anytime sure, to
3: absolutely. Um, so I nobody actually chooses property management, hmm. I don't think, or the um, you know the operations side of it, um, at least on the property management side. Hmm. Um, I kind of fell into it. Um, I I worked initially in the real estate and in- industry through a bank um and doing um mortgage loans and um once i moved to georgia i had a friend that had an entry-level position open at a property management company a real small company um at a prominent building in atlanta and um i took it on you know i was kind of the only you know person in the office handling everything things have certainly come a long way um since then and was that an um, office
0: building? It
3: wasn't an office building. Yeah. You know, did yep. you have to
0: manage? Did you manage the leasing, and then the ongoing property management? No,
3: setting? I I started at the ground floor, so I was basically a tenant service coordinator. So I dispatched work orders and um, helped um, you know the customers get moved in and you know get their keys and you know just um, many yeah, hats, administrative like. administrative yeah. you Got know it. type of work. Yeah and then um, moved to um, an, as an office manager at another company and basically did the same thing. Um, back then in those days, um, you know, the, the property manager was out entertaining customers and so I was mm-hmm. at the office doing the work. So I learned a lot and was able to uh, progress through the industry. Um, somebody that I worked with at the time, um, on the leasing side asked me to go with her to another company. So I got a little bit of the other side of the industry on the leasing and then, you know, change companies. So every time that I've moved, somebody's actually recruited me away, and it's it's been a step up. So, but I worked from the ground floor up to um, where I am now. So it's it's been an adventure, and uh, one thing's for sure, there's never a dull moment. I believe that. And there's something different, just as sure as you think that you've seen it all, something <laughs> new rears. It's, you know, sometimes ugly, sometimes you know, not so ugly face. So <laughs>
0: my my guess is every day is very different.
3: Very different. Yep.
0: Well, and, and obviously in commercial and industrial cleaning, we deal with a lot of uh, commercial property managers and, and uh, you guys don't, you, you stay busy, that's for sure. You, I, can, I can attest to the fact there's never a dull moment. I've seen it.
3: Yes, for sure.
0: Um, and you originally hail from St. Pete, Florida?
3: Yes. So I spent most of my life in St. Pete um, before moving here and I moved here. When my son was um, about three years old, and brought him up in the industry, and now he's actually following in my footsteps, and he's actually in property management as well. So, very cool. You know, our families don't like it when we get together because we're talking shop, and they have no <laughs> idea what we're what we're talking about. But yeah, used to that. <laughs> nice.
0: Well, so um, are, is is most of your portfolio office? Is that kind of your your primary focus? Yes. Yeah, um, and, and I'm sure that the pandemic had some uh, a pretty big effect on. Uh, your, your occupancy and what where things are going what do you see happening with office in the next few years
3: so you know fortunately and you know, i'm going to look into my crystal ball as I mm. as i talk mm. and say this you know there are going to be changes for yep. sure um do we think the office environment's going to go away no yep. um, people need and want an office environment for cultural purposes you can't uh, lead a company and teach a specific culture, sitting behind a computer screen. That's you know, true. as much as we think that we can, and I think we overcame a lot of hurdles because of the technology that we have. But that's not really the way that we believe that you know smart, intelligent business leaders want to conduct their business. Right. Um so they'll be back. Um it's slower than we would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um but we are seeing occupancy increase. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we're taking every little percentage increase um, as a positive and you know, it is increasing. So Good. we're we're very happy about that. That's
0: great. Glad to hear it. Fantastic. Well thank you. We'll, we'll come back to you with some more questions a little bit and thank we'll try you. to work, work our way around the table here and uh, to to my immediate right I have Danny Patton, uh, old friend of all of ours. And we definitely call Danny a friend, friend of the show. Uh, Danny's Thank vice you. president of uh, pre-construction and development at Asa Carlton. Um, Danny originally hails from Washington, D.C., attended the university of maryland and uh, has made his career in commercial construction for over 20 years i don't want to date you so i don't know exactly how many but i know it's more than 20 years um and danny has also hiked the entire 2180 miles isn't of the appalachian trail it
4: changes but i would say it's more the i've hiked the width (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) from one side to the other me too (laughs) one step at a time the entire width of it yep
0: Well, that's a personal bucket list item for me, Danny. But welcome, thank, thank you, you for
4: coming here. Appreciate the uh, the invite.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's start. Let's change it up and let's let's start with the uh, with the Appalachian Trail, if you don't mind. That that one's uh, near and dear to my heart.
4: Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity. Um, I, I had my own program management company in Charlotte, and I had finished up some projects in uh, Union County, and had an opportunity in between going and um, building the the Levine Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm and um, had, had a little bit of a moment to uh, take a nice little walk. That's awesome. And um, I'll tell you, it, I learned a lot from that and I've even thought about doing it again. Most of the people that I met on the trail were in a transition in their life. They were either getting divorced or they were a widow or a widower. Uh, they had graduated high school or college, um, retired, and so it was an interesting time to meet people. And, you know, there's an anonymity on the trail. So mm-hmm. you, uh, people try to give themselves their own trail name, but <laughs> they soon realize that they get given one mm-hmm. <laughs> from others. But the, the whole motto is you hike your own hike. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's your own journey. And I tell you, um, it, there's the things that you learn out there, you, you think day to day. You think about a million stresses in a day, but it becomes very primal out there. Um, you're looking for water, but you're hiding from it at the same time, mm-hmm. and um, hmm. and they they do a really great job. I mean, especially now. I mean, I, when I hiked, they had just come out with um, blackberries. Oh wow! Okay. So we used to use these other little I forget what they're called. You would type them your trail journals, and you could put it to a phone like a fax machine, and they would upload to trailjournals.com. Mm-hmm. And you know, now with all the technology, all of the you know nile i mean the different um you know synthetics and uh, titaniums you know, everything's now it's super fast and you know, people can people are running the whole trail yeah trying to beat records and but i wasn't a, a purist there was times that i went and did slack packing where you just go to a hostel and somebody drops you off and take you, a zero yeah take yeah yeah you go. and um so it was just more about the experience but i tell you there's there's nothing like getting to a mountaintop and saying oh my gosh i gotta go there today Mm-hmm. And then looking back and saying, man, I, I, I came from there. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter what you plan. It all gets thrown out the window when you get out there. And, and it's interesting when you get into towns, you start to see some of the other through hikers. And while you, you're not really hiking with them, you start to become this this pack of, of friends when you show up at a hostel together and uh, and you start to get a little bit of anxiety too and you want to get back out there so it's um Hmm. i definitely had a lot of fun along the way you have like bounce boxes where you could take a box and send it to the post office ahead of you and they would hold it for you Mm -hmm. so there's just so many different crazy cool experiences but um, definitely want to do it again i'd like to do it with my son yeah that's cool what what year did you do it the first time 2004 yeah yeah and how old's your son now Uh, he's 15 oh yeah so he's he's he's, i guess he's going into 10th grade now yeah so we're getting at that time where Family's is not his main priority. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a 15 year old in my house as well. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. Well,
0: let's, let's, let's dive into, uh, in, into, into your work, commercial real estate, uh, sure. or construction
4: rather you, uh,
0: you guys are going crazy right now, huh?
4: Yeah. It's, um, it's never a dull moment. And I know a lot of the things that we do impact a lot of the owners and sometimes we're the, we're just the messengers. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think you know, the way with material prices and things like that are, are hitting everybody and, and metal prices, um, you know, it's changing how we need to approach projects. But I think it's going to do a better job of uh, starting uh, to create this collaborative approach that we've always keep, you know, harping on, but nobody really truly does it the right way. And it's really interesting to be on the program management side, having my own company, uh, working on the subcontractor side and then working on the general contractor side. Um, and I've managed design build projects and and there's not a lot of projects that truly go through that, that, that process of the collaboration that you really need to start from the beginning as a true partner. People are always thinking that there's a lack of competitiveness. If you're not, um, they think people are out to get them naturally. Mm. And when you know that everybody is is vested in a project, you know they all have the same common goal, you value their service and you're willing to pay for it, everybody's life is a lot easier.
0: Right, when everybody's playing on the same team. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So, um, you know, I've worked at um, a lot of large, you know, publicly traded firms and I've learned a lot, had a lot of great experiences and and, um, just built some really incredible projects and been a part of things like that. Um, this new transition, this new kind of chapter in my life, um, you know, I've I've left the corporate world, um, moved over to a mid-size uh, construction company, Asa Carlton, mm-hmm. great firm, um, really enjoyed the last month being there. Um, you know, I started out in the field as a form carpenter, um, worked in HVAC, father-end a company, and so I was always in the trades. And and, um, and, you know, I realized that as I went through this journey of starting at on, you know from scratch um you know i was able to really learn a lot of basics in construction that a lot of my peers never had until later in their career yep and um it's got me back to those roots and I, and, and honestly up until the point when i was making this change i started to really not like the industry you know i got was really getting tired and overwhelmed and just frustrated and, and it wasn't necessarily the industry that I was getting frustrated with, it was just the lack of me, uh, my engagement in being a builder. I was getting more focused on corporate reporting, mm-hmm. um, more on um, you know, into the sales and sales processes and just all of those check the box. But it took me away from what my roots uh, of actually just you know, building and being a part of something and really now being able to teach people Uh, The skills that I've, um, you know, learned over the years and um, because I think there's definitely a void we're seeing in our industries because of things that happened, whether it was the the economy crash in 2008, 2009, where people went in more tech or, you know, with now technology, people want to go into technology, but now we have this social media and there's careers out there as an influencer, which I still can't understand. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, I'm trying to talk my daughter into that one. Seems like a pretty easy gig. I know, I need to make money like that. I mean, the, but I also realized I wasn't really good at anything else. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to stick with this, and I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, Asa Carlton's a great firm. They have uh, three different real main parts of their biz- businesses. They have their um, Asa Carlton Services which is our, um, our framing, drywall, acoustical uh, systems uh, business. And you know, we service clients all over the country um, in that aspect. Uh, a lot of the national firms and even some of the mid-sized and smaller sums, any firms, excuse me, and even some of our competitors here. So there's kind of a fine line. Mm-hmm. And then we have our construction company that does everything from large ground up to mid-size um, you know, renovations uh, to multi-site, corporate service uh, rollouts around the country. And, um, you know, you can see that uh, the difference between our firm and some of the other firms in in the industry, um, because I'm working with a lot of the same, with a lot of the national program managers um, that I couldn't work with before that I wanted to, but Mm -hmm. I think it's the ability for us to be flexible, to be uh, nimble and we really focus on our clients um, at the end of the day and just do the right thing. And so that, um, you know, we, 75% of our work is repeat clients and, um, and then we have our development side where we just developed our own building and we have an office park that we we're developing up in uh, Brazelton uh, where we're based. Um, so it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey, but now I'm, I'm you know, I'm responsible for our pre-construction division and our um, business development efforts as well. So I'm not just the sales guy anymore. Uh, <laughs> I actually have to put, you know, pencil to paper. Good for you. Uh, so it's been it's been interesting. But. Sounds like something that you enjoy that's important to you. Yeah, you get I do. back where the rubber hits the road. So good yeah. for you. Yeah, definitely.
0: Thanks. Uh, you and you guys have a, uh, uh,
4: would you say more of an uh, office focus retail do you? Yeah, yeah, so our, our um, market sectors, I mean, we're, we're focused in most sectors, but you know, our niche is really the, um, you know, pharmaceutical, Mm. um, life science, healthcare, retail, Mm. commercial office, so we have a little bit of of everything. So that's, you know, like, like I said, we're doing projects in on the general contracting side from Brazelton, in Arizona, in California, um, you know, in in Pennsylvania, uh, South Florida, so it's, you know we're we're working on one in, in um in montana so how about that yeah that's so cool. it's a pretty I didn't cool know your else, footprint was so big yeah so yeah. it's pretty interesting that's um, awesome but it's been fun so well thank you dan Thanks. i really appreciate it We'll uh yeah we'll, we'll circle back to you with some more
0: questions at some point too we'd like to also introduce our third guest uh last but not least we have john walters um, who is a colleague of, of teresa's and john is the director of property management at the same company and uh, has also worked in over uh, for over 30 years in commercial property management, and uh, who appears to have more licenses and certifications than can fit on, on one LinkedIn page. Uh, so much longer than his name. Um, spent at least part of his career in the Winston-Salem-Greensboro area, where I came into the world. I was born in Winston, so uh, I, you know, I don't remember it move when I was three, but uh, I don't know how long you were there, but... Uh, uh, that's a nice part of the world my, my sister lived in greensboro for 25 years and raised her family there but uh, john thank you very much for joining us we really appreciate it
5: well thank you for having
0: me and you uh you prefer jw jw's fine jw works okay so uh can can you or are you are you're not from north carolina originally are you
5: no i'm uh, originally from pennsylvania okay
0: and then, and how, how did you wind up in, in uh, doing what you do? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Good. All right. Next question
2: <laughs> Where do you like to eat? No, it's <laughs> good.
5: I kind of stumbled into real estate coming in through the back door. Um, I was a, uh, a police officer in hmm. Baltimore, Maryland cool. for a number of years. Uh, one of the uh, posts I would cover from time to time was a shopping mall there. Uh, they had uh, some security problems, uh, there was new ownership, and uh, one day they approached me and said, hey, we like what you do, uh, why don't you come work for us, hmm. and I said, well, what's it pay, and when I found out, it <laughs> paid more, and I said, do I get shot at, <laughs> and they said, uh, no.
0: Probably not. <laughs>
5: Uh, you know, and I said, well, this sounds pretty good. Uh, so I, uh, joined them as their, uh, director of security mm. and, uh, uh, became very interested in the operations of, the of, of, retail real estate mm. and, uh, became a director of operations and then a general manager and, and, uh, then I moved around to different, uh, shopping malls, uh mostly uh in the northeast area Mm -hmm. and um uh make a a long story short um i had received a uh uh, a phone call uh from uh someone i knew and they said hey you know uh why don't you try uh on the office side Mm -hmm. and i said okay uh, and basically, uh, you know, a mall and an office, the same, you know. You got a, <laughs> you, you know, concrete slab and steel and stuff that goes in there and, and uh, uh, all sorts of uh, systems. And uh, uh, that's how I got into uh, the commercial office real estate uh, side. And i uh, been doing that for uh, a number of years. Um, and then how I ended up with the uh, present uh, company was off of that uh, phone call. Mm. And uh, I was um, in the Greensboro area in the uh, same position that uh, Teresa has. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing, uh, you know, as I call, uh, I was fat, dumb, and happy and enjoying it. and. Mm. and uh, there was a market rotation which occurred, and uh, uh, there was the uh, great opportunity to come down to Atlanta and uh, support uh, Teresa. Mm-hmm. And despite knowing her, I still came. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you know. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she's uh, she's wonderful. We, we are uh, an absolute terrific team, mm. and um, uh, our Atlanta division is the largest division within our company. And, oh, really? And uh, so that's an opportunity to uh, come down and and uh, make a more cohesive team mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the property managers and our maintenance uh, folks and. Uh, uh, really gives us an opportunity to uh, grow mm-hmm. the Atlanta division, um, which is a, not only the largest, but my humble opinion, mm-hmm. the best division <laughs> within <laughs> our company. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how I ended up here.
0: That's cool. As a police officer in Baltimore, did you did you work the wire? <laughs> no, but I will. Words. I will say
5: that that is probably the most realistic portrayal mm. yeah. of uh, of police work and Baltimore. And uh, uh, I enjoyed watching uh, the series and go. Oh yeah, I know where that is. Oh I'm, yeah, I know that street. I you know. Yeah. I, I thought the actors did a phenomenal portrayal a of show. the. Of the characters that you find uh, on the street, mm-hmm. but pretty much everything you saw there actually happened. And uh, uh, the series was uh, written by uh, David Simon, who is um, uh, was a reporter for the Baltimore Sun yeah. for for years and years. So uh, he he captured the grittiness of the street.
0: I, I heard an interview with him uh, maybe on NPR or something, and yeah, he he sounds like he's a real deal, and he gets mm-hmm. it so. Uh, it's no, no wonder that show was as good as it was um, if you had any advice for yourself when you were first getting into property management if you could go back in time knowing what you know now what would you advise your younger self um, you know I've, I've enjoyed you know every step
5: along the way I don't know if I'm smart enough to have advice for myself when I was <laughs> younger but uh, uh, it's uh, it's going to be something that's is going to be very rewarding mm-hmm. and uh as teresa had mentioned earlier you you never know what is going to happen you know mm-hmm. uh and uh it, it's always enjoyable um to uh come into a situation where y- you've got a, a major flood on your hands because someone hit a, a sprinkler head mm-hmm. and uh
3: it's uh, to a car in the pond. Yeah, a car <laughs> in the pond. <laughs> oh well. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's fun. Oh, uh, Sounds like the wire. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> I wanted to jump in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <I'm still laughs> a joke.
4: I swung faster. <laughs> yeah, how about
1: this? Can y'all answer give me a give me a crazy story, a PG story, something that we can put on there, mm-hmm. something that's happened that our listeners might find interesting or ridiculous (laughs) or
3: (laughs) well i'll tell you um uh this was probably 18 months ago or so um we had some corporate visitors coming in town and you know while we always you know do a great job every day making sure the property's right we are taking that extra step when you know the ceo and you know cfo are going to be in town and what have you And um, all of a sudden, I wasn't on property, but my phone started blowing up with pictures of a naked lady (laughs) on our property strolling about singing songs. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm frantically sending messages to my boss saying... You might want to steer clear of coming back to the building for another 20 minutes or so until the police get cleared out because you're going to get more than you bargained for. So, I mean, it's just those kind of crazy things that, you know, I mean, who'd have thought in our industry that we'd be dealing with, like, wrapping naked people up in trash bags to cover them up until the police got there. But it it happens. Do what you got
0: to do. Yes, indeed. All right. (laughs) Danny, you got any war stories? come to mind
4: mm. i'm sure there are quite a few construction sites you know construction is pretty interesting but not that interesting <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you
2: know,
4: i definitely saw some things uh when i was in the field um but i think um i would say I'd, i on i'd say what i would it's on more of a happier note mm-hmm. um during covid um you know construction didn't stop Mm -hmm. that's for sure and you know while a lot of people were at home um there was a lot of people in the field and they were going to work every single day and you know we use that word essential workers and we talk about the front you know the first responders and, and those type but i think there there needs to give be given more credit to the, the people out there where were maintaining our infrastructure, not just in the the construction sites, but the people that were, you know, the power plants, you know, all of those type of jobs, to me, yep. were the the unsung heroes as well, Absolutely. that kept, you know, this this country going. And so um, it was amazing to see people come together to try to figure out problems to try to, you know, solve issues, prevent things from happening. And, you know, work through those you know, requirements even on the job site to, um, to continue to, to, you know, get these higher institutions, you know, back up and running or getting these, you know, public projects or even private projects going to, to be good fiduciary, you know, uh, stewards to people's money as well on the, on those type of projects. But So that's where I would, I would actually share. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, well, in, in just changing gears a little bit. Uh, yeah, throughout the pandemic, everybody saw construction just continue to mm-hmm. go gangbusters. Um, what, what do you what do you see construct in your industry? What, where do you see things going in the next three years, five years?
4: Um, um, yeah, that's a. If I have my crystal ball, yeah. um, that's a that's a tough one too. I think it. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't you know invest in it like Bitcoin or anything like that. We <laughs> saw <how> that's going. <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I would say, I mean, right now, I mean, commodities are, are a big, you know, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's the commodities that are, you know, the, the problem is it goes back to, you know, when I talk about the infrastructure of our, our country, our biggest problem is, is is the actual freight, is the logistics. Right. Um, you know, I have friends that work in different factories around the country, and they have plenty of material. They just can't supply get it. Chain yeah, yeah. Supply chain. Yeah, supply chain. So, um you know, I think that's going to continue to to uh, be an issue. Uh, you know, you look at some of these other countries that have really true technical um, colleges. You know, when I went to high school, um, and actually in Southern Maryland, hmm. um, I left. Uh, we left D.C. and We moved down to Southern Maryland, uh, where the Chesapeake and Potomac meet. And as you got further and further south, there was nothing. There was a lot of Amish and and Watermen and just a lot of good old, good old folks. Mm-hmm. And um, But you know, in high school, uh, they offered boater's education.
3: Mm-hmm. So
4: I actually had my boater's license before I had a driver's license, because anybody mm-hmm. in Maryland uh, born after 1972 had to have a boater's license to operate a vessel in Maryland waters, which they went all the way to the Virginia shore. So I just gave you one tidbit. Seventy-two. I was, you know, you can do the math. But, um, <laughs> we said after seventy-two. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, that's that's be Eighty-two right. or ninety-two. Uh, but, um, but I think you know, when we went to school, we had woodshop, we had you know, uh, Votech, mm-hmm. and there's other countries that actually look at those vocational um, skills as a a sense of pride, and we should we deem to do a better job of looking at those skills as a sense of pride here in, in america and while i believe in education um you know there's education in that too and some education just fits different you know folks for different things right and not I everybody think, needs a hired learning degree yeah right. and there's 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 uh you know there's technical you know degrees you can get in you know those type of um those jobs and i think that's really what's going to help all of us you know, in all of our businesses, because we, you know, we're only successful with our subcontractors. We're only successful with those those folks in the field. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us, you know, have that same problem or that same thing that we're dealing with in this room. So I think that's really the um, where I see where I'd like to see it going is that we could so we could actually have you know more skilled workers out there. Um, and uh, but I think on the side of the cost and, and things like that um i think you're going to see a you know a big surge in it um obviously that will that'll, that'll plateau off it'll come back um you're going to see probably things in the uh residential market where it's whether it's commercial or it, it's you know the homes that's going to change um so uh, you know i think we're just going to have to wait it out a little bit but i think in about 18 months you'll you'll we'll see some changes hopefully mm-hmm. we can you can keep the economy on track and and um get that going
0: yep absolutely um jonathan circle back to you uh you oversee primarily office space as well that's correct yeah um where do you see uh well we talked a little bit about this with Teresa as well uh do you think that that office is is going to be exactly what it was before, or it it may come back and it may come back in different ways, right? And it it may look a little bit different. Do you, do you guys have a feel? No, nobody has a crystal ball as we've established, but uh, do do you, do you have a feel for what that might look like? Do you think that the hybrid workplace is here to stay? You know, what's
5: interesting is um, just before COVID, uh, more and more companies were looking at open space office and collaborative efforts and they didn't need to have the smaller you know traditional closed up offices uh, within their office suite and i think that is going to change yep i i think uh the the scare of covid or any you know pandemic uh, is getting people to think maybe we better back off on that open concept and And have you know smaller uh, offices uh, again? Hmm. Um, The other challenge I know that's going on is well, I've been working from home. uh, You know why can't I just continue to work from home?
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
5: I think so much is lost by not having that daily contact. You know the the water cooler talks, right? Uh, Spontaneous. You know, conversations. Of, hey, you know what if this or what if we did that? Um, and having that uh, close rapport and just uh, camaraderie.
0: Yeah, it's like a synergy. Yeah, yeah. And and
5: and, and I think that is absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's interesting. I, I think it was last week. The head of uh, Morgan Stanley. Uh, a little frustrated at um, and it kind of seems to be a generational thing of well you know I can work from the office and, uh, but I can really work from home you know what I mean right and, right. Uh, hmm. and uh, so his response hmm. is if you're healthy enough to go out to a restaurant mm-hmm. you're healthy enough to be in the office mm-hmm. and um, so that's kind of what my crystal ball hmm. is looking at, that hmm. um, offices will continue. Yep. Uh, I think they will go back to where you're having, you know, smaller uh, offices uh, for people. There'll still be a collaborative effort, but I don't think it's going to be on quite the same grand scale Yep. that uh, was uh, pre-COVID. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, you know, what occurs yep. uh, with this Um and, you know, one of the, the very positive things I saw that came out of uh, uh, having to work from home is, you know, with uh, Zoom calls or Microsoft team calls. And uh, you weren't there, uh, you know, in the room with the same person, but, you know, you saw multiple images on the screen. But you also got to see people relaxed in their own environment. Right. And you got to see, you know, depending on where they were taking their call from, and we had some folks literally in a closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you <laughs> went, oh man, that went out style years ago. Get rid of that <laughs> thing. <Yeah. laughs> you know, like and, and come Yeah. yeah and, and, and you start looking at, uh, uh, you know, some of their decor and oh, no, that's not a good color for that room. <laughs> get rid of that thing. But you also got to see, you know, kids running through and, and spouses, you know, walking through and pets, you know, all over the place, um, and it it gave you a better understanding of the person, you know, just kind of looking at them in their natural environment. That I don't think you could actually have had in an in a structured office environment. Right. Yeah, you know, I think that that accelerated. Uh, you know, hey, let's let's go out for a drink after work. Right. Um, you know, many times over before you got somebody really relaxed, where they really wanted to to talk about themselves. Yeah, I think that's
0: true. Yeah. And
5: uh, so, I, I know after some of the calls, uh, I'd go back and have a you know, a private call with somebody and say, hey, I kind of saw your dog. Well, yeah. That, you know, how long you had that dog? <laughs> you know, you, you if, if if as you have these conversations. You're just tightening that bond of of the uh professional rapport
0: yeah yeah i agree and I, I think we saw a lot of that too yes it is that is, that is a nice little upside
3: for and sure. that was important for jw too because he was newer to the mm-hmm. i always tease him and tell him thanks for bringing COVID along with you from greensboro <laughs> um because you know sh- he was trapped in the midst of covid trying to build relationships with all the new people hmm. You know that we're going to be reporting to him and what have you so you know I've said like him um like we really do make a good team like we are taking bets constantly on who's going to answer a question in what manner Hmm. you know to see if we're on the same page but um you know it's like I said it helped me tremendously because I already knew the people I could get to know them better that way and we chatted every day I mean for nine months we had telephone call every single day Mm -hmm. for a COVID update a COVID check in a mental health check in just whatever Mm -hmm. we know it was harder for JW because he didn't have that relationship built already so he had to go the extra mile so still having that interaction did help him and then he could bring the personal aspect with him but we're all ready to be back in the office and for the most part um we are you
0: are good yeah, so Stephen.
3: Yeah. Why didn't we have more of those mental health checks when I we
2: are <laughs> 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 a lost cause. That's I, why. I remember my daughter pulling the curtains out from the wall while yeah. I was on a well, There Zoom was call. no need to check. <laughs> <laughs> we we <laughs> knew <laughs> the state
4: of people's mental health. <laughs> Engie,
2: you didn't, didn't want to go there.
3: Yeah, like hour. Hour. <laughs> don't ask, <laughs> don't tell. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to
4: comment on on the virtual. You know. um we've had this technology for a while Mm -hmm. no one ever used it who this really messed up was you know the neighbors that i had that i saw when i would leave super early in the morning they were having coffee and walking their dogs coming back from the gym and and they were just on conference calls all day. Mm-hmm. And my wife would say to me, why can't you just find a job like that? I'm like, I'm just not as smart as, as, as those <laughs> people, you know? Um, but, um, but you know, that kind of messed them up because now those conference calls became virtual. And, you know, I started to notice that we, one, we had to create a, a different culture, you know, with, with like Teams and Zoom and, and all those. And the first thing is camera on,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
4: it's your job, mm-hmm. you know, get up, you know, professional and let's get so every time we called it was a call through zoom it wasn't on your cell phone it was a call through zoom and your camera came on
0: pants are optional
4: i mean whatever you do below (laughs) that's your your deal um and uh but you know you start creating that culture and you tell everybody right up front look we're going to use our cameras we got to get through this like this and because like you were saying you got to see people's body language and mannerisms and their tone it's kind of like if you did everything via text You wouldn't know what people's tone is what they're going through what they're really trying to mean and uh and we had to do a lot of virtual interviews with clients Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you guys had to do some of those and those were really tough i mean we had hired a production company at one point to help us we hired another company to help us you know have a controlled zoom where we were like the weathermen and women like in the inside of our presentation Mm -hmm. to try to get them to see and feel like you know who we were as people instead of just you know this and then it was just the etiquette too, like you had to go through and teach people, okay, look, if you're going to have your camera on, no light behind you, put it up at face level, mm-hmm. put a collared shirt on, take the hat off, you know like it's and you would kind of think you wouldn't have to tell people those kind of things, but you do you know um <laughs> but I think it but but I, but I agree with you like that sometimes you save so much, you save so much time with um just like walking down the hall and over here in a conversation and, and you being able to kind of chime in. And that's that's not an email. It's done. It's down the road and you've moved forward to the next item. I felt like when when we started these virtual calls, everybody started just sending me meeting invites and emails, just like they were justifying, like, I'm busy, you know? And um, so I even think there's protocols now that, that we were putting in place at my previous firm. Where like when you would send a meeting invite to certain people you had to you know specify was this of you know just an fyi for you mm-hmm. was this uh, a meeting that you needed to have a decision was this a collaborative meeting and so that way you knew what your part is you know, what your role is mm-hmm. in, in the actual meeting so i think you asked me about how things are going to change i think there's still going to be a a, 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 you know, a virtual component to a lot of these but i think there there's going to be more protocols in place more things set forth of expectations instead of just the everybody's dialing in, right? You know, right? Just and winging it because that's the only way it's going to work and still somehow be closer to what we were in that that you know together environment. Yeah, but.
0: that's true. Yeah, well, it's funny we were we were always kind of like a, we had a work from home model before the pandemic. I mean, most people would come to the shop every day and we spent more time I would say working at the shop. But I for one it, very easily distracted and so if i ever have to do anything that requires my attention i got to get away where it's quiet so i would you know go home and and, and sit at my dining room table or something to, to knock out things but and we have always kind of, when we onboard people we were always just like you know wherever you get it done we're, we're you know we don't other than having some meetings in-house but And and that was one thing I will say about the pandemic for us. When we did have those rare meetings, the first one we had, we had like a a circle of socially distanced chairs out in the parking lot outside. And uh, and it was the first time we'd all been together in, in months and it felt so good.
3: We uh. had our first in-person meeting in Atlanta last week.
0: You're kidding wow. me. And,
3: it was, wow. and that was, what, 16, 15, 16 months? Yeah. The very first one in person last week.
0: Wow. wow. Our wow. official
3: return to work date is mid-July. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, if you've been vaccinated, you feel comfortable. Right. Let's, you know, let's do this in person because, quite honestly... I'm tired of looking at y'all. Yeah, a I think everybody's <laughs> over it. Yeah, everybody's over and it. And it was fabulous, and it was well received. And, um, you know, wouldn't you agree, JW, that it was, you know, it, yeah, it was one of the best meetings that we've had in 15 months. Very so.
5: cool. Good. Yeah, I I remember before uh, Teresa officially started the meeting, I just said, hey, you know, it is so nice even if i'm looking at the backs of the heads because i was sitting in the back row <laughs> but it's so nice to have everybody back in one group you know mm-hmm. uh instead of uh you know the virtual uh, meetings and uh, i think i think everybody you know felt the same way mm-hmm. it, it's like uh, up north uh you know when you get a big snow you're kind of I'm I'm inside the cabin for a while, mm-hmm. and then it's that first nice day, and all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, I, I, my neighbors are all coming out. I'm getting yeah. to see them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and hibernation's over. Yep, and I think that's uh, where we are right now.
0: That feels good. Mm-hmm. Feels good. We're we're back on. Here we go again. Let's hope we don't. You know, there's these variant strains, and things may go in different directions, and you know, hopefully we're, we we stay on the trajectory we're on, but. uh at least, at least for now let's uh get out and enjoy this and yeah uh it's, it feels good to me but um well guys we'll, we're gonna play a, a a quick little kind of round the table lightning round here um Uh-oh. no no pressure no pressure i know dave doesn't read so we can't ask about books <laughs> but um, i can't read so right there's that there is that um
4: the books on tape Count. yeah or absolutely even calling it tape absolutely
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can still call it books on okay. tape it doesn't matter it doesn't matter
4: I'm still trying to figure out
5: what he meant by a fax machine
0: <laughs> 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 it, we do get requests for fax sometimes still it's, it it's my, my mind it, it really is it really is but uh, okay so either you recommended summer reading something a book that you've come across that you really enjoyed lately uh, or if not that maybe uh, maybe a good streaming TV show or a good movie that you come across that you'd recommend uh, Angie if you want to start with you. If, you if you want some time to think about it we can move around the table first
2: uh, baseline selling
0: baseline selling that is a <laughs> excellent <laughs> book it excellent recommendation book. <laughs> recommendation
2: requirement <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta finish it myself <laughs> Uh
3: Um, I am not much of a reader and I spend just about zero time in front of the tv um mm-hmm. ever since I became a grandmother so oh, well, my tv and reading time you know consist of bubble guppies on uh-huh. the tv Familiar. and you know playing with my two and a half year old grandson and my four-month-old granddaughter so i'm i have to pass on there the books go. and Keep, um and tv shows <laughs> bubble
0: guppies is a good one <laughs> I'm going to have to
1: actually throw a book out there. And Mark Borelli, if you're still listening, this one's for you. It's called Positive Intelligence.
0: Yeah, Oh, that is a good one. So
2: nice.
1: Working on getting my mind straight. There you I've go. I've got a lot of work
5: to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention books, but I, I enjoy uh, doing uh, reading of, uh, of books. And most of the books that I've looked at kind of have a military theme uh, to them but lately uh, what i uh, program I enjoy the most has been the original top gear and uh, the pre uh, three presenters uh, on the UK uh, version that uh, for one reason or the other got fired left went to Amazon hmm. uh, and uh, so they started a series called Grand Tour and it's the three grown men just being goofy around uh, cars and it's uh, amazing each episode i'm sure their budget is millions of dollars because they'll wreck cars or just (laughs) do you know some crazy things Mm -hmm. so in between uh the deal that they worked out was that each one would have a different series Uh, so uh, James May does something on cooking uh, and uh, Richard Hammond did something on uh, surviving on a a desert island Uh, and they're all just very clever so the the third member of the group uh, Jeremy Clarkson uh, lives in the Cotswolds of, uh, of the UK and has a thousand acre farm And uh, his farm manager uh, moved on to do something else. And uh, so Jeremy said, Well, how hard can farming be? You know, and uh, I I can do this. And it's uh, hilarious uh, to watch him um, just even buy a tractor because a normal person is going to buy a sensible tractor. Uh, that's going to help them work the farm and he goes out and buys a Lamborghini tractor. Lamborghini besides the exotic cars make tractors Mm -hmm. but this thing is at least a half a million dollars and you just watch him he can't even uh, plow a a straight line Uh, and is always about trying to cut through things and uh, save time and and uh, so he says, well, instead of stopping and at the end of the row and then backing and then turning and then coming straight up, I'll just do a big U-turn. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that uh, some of the mechanism for putting seed in measures specifically the distance uh, using GPS and all this. And now he's got seeds and on top of seeds and... It, it's, it's hilarious, but at the same time, it also opens your eyes to what our farmers have mm-hmm. to go through, uh, the costs and expenses of bringing in uh, whatever it is that they produce, uh, the rules and regulations uh, that they face, and uh, nature as well, um, mm-hmm. with this constant rain that just ruins the opportunity to put uh, crops in the ground.
0: Uh, so that's what I've been watching lately. That's interesting. And agriculture is changing fast, that
4: world for sure. hmm Yeah. Danny? Oh, um, I read all day long a lot of technical s- contracts and specifications. <laughs> Do you <laughs>
0: recommend any of those contracts? No. <laughs> um, uh, um, Instead of whodunit. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I wouldn't say that I read, um, you know, I have something to recommend specifically. Um, but I, you know... Right before the um I guess COVID hit, uh my landscaper fired me. And um you know who you are out there. Um and I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um it was not Russell. <laughs> and um <laughs> and uh so I decided I was gonna make my front yard a um a fairway. Oh nice um my son was not really enthused by that because um, there was a lot of manual labor but he learned a lot over that course of uh, those months going from you know complete dirt to to now this incredible you know grass that we've seen you know on two seasons now uh, it's not televised but two seasons <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know when the neighbors drive by and they see me out there in my daughter we're, we're, we're you know doing it together trimming the edges with scissors nice. and stuff you know i think they're, they're definitely you're thinking that I'm, neighbor yes i'm that guy um <laughs> but uh you know we you know you get on youtube and you start to you know find something i think we've all done that where you try to find something and you get on youtube and you're looking to, for a recipe or you're looking for how to fix this and next thing you know you just spiral down this rabbit hole and next thing you know you're watching you know some war thing or something you know some kind of weather tornado or something and um, but I really got into my my lawn and trying to figure out how to 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 grow uh, grass and and learned about it and the and, you know I got some I did get some help from um, a um, a guru out there um, hmm. Mr. Bill, you know you are <laughs> uh, and, uh, but you know everything you know you do there's a there's a chemistry behind it there's a you know the science behind it, there's a technical behind it and so. You know i, I kind of maybe my ocd kicked in and, <laughs> and i went a little bit overboard and um the landscaper you know he drives by and looks at all the other lawns and i still look at mine and but um <laughs> i think we're good now take, take some personal yeah. pride in the back yeah, nice. exactly. but, well done but show um I, i'm gonna go back just watching my grass grow <laughs> there you go that's perfect that's much better than staring at a tv Yeah, anyway. yeah it's very nice good for very
0: you nice. nicely very done nice. well if i uh I'm a big fan of the Ken, Ken Burns documentaries, and he, he put a recent one out on uh, Hemingway. And uh, so so that and, and it was an English major in college, kind of an English dork. So I, uh, I had to circle back and read some Hemingway short stories. Dave's nodding a little too enthusiastically right <laughs> now. Uh, Snooze. I think we're all just a little – I was a little shocked. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's, that's my recommended summer reading, if you uh, like yeah. Hemingway and nerdy things like sure, that. I don't know if sure. he's <laughs> nerdy, but whatever. You shut up, Dave. <laughs> so, um, I saw the movie 1917 not too long ago, and I don't know if y'all have seen that. It's a great movie. It, it, It's great a work movie. of art, man. It, it is. is incredible, just engaging mm-hmm. from start to finish. It's awesome. So if you come across that one, that's my – it's not a pick-me-upper, but it's a good one. Yeah. It's a real good one. Um, so I think we're probably getting pretty close to the end of this thing. I'm getting nods from Mike over there. So I uh, want to thank you guys again for joining us. Really, really been an enjoyable conversation. and love learning about what you guys do out there in the world and uh it's fun to just get to sit, sit, sit down and uh shoot the breeze a little bit so appreciate uh, you having us uh we appreciate you guys whoever's out there listening and uh in, in listening land to uh what's going on in there and uh miss angie russell would you like to read us out yes.
2: thank you for joining us on what's going on in there presented by level seven facility services be sure to join us for the live broadcast every month here on business radio x If you missed the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on what's going on in there. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any of our future episodes. For my co-host, Stephen and Dave, and guests... Danny, John, and Teresa. I'm Angie Russell with Level 7 Facility Services, and you've been listening to What's Going On in There on Business Radio X.